Welcome to the playground. My my name is Eddie Llewellyn. I'm your host. Uh, again, this is a playground where the players play. And my guest today is Jerry Lopez, Las Vegas own Jerry Lopez, or should we say uh, New Mexican or uh, New Mexico's Santa Fe's own Jerry Lopez. Did I get that right? <laughs> uh, all of the above. All right. Oh, and I've been in Vegas for over 40 years, so I guess. Okay. Yeah. Well, well we're going to claim you. Good to be here, Ed. Yeah, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you again. Um, Jerry, for those that don't know Jerry, Jerry's internationally known in the music community. Um, guitarist, vocalist, composer, band leader, music director, solo artist. And here in Las Vegas, he is the leader of like one of the most well-known bands here in Las Vegas, if not internationally. And, and that should be, if not. Um, the name of the band is Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns. And let me tell you, they are like iconic here in Las Vegas. If ever you come to visit Las Vegas, you need to look them up. And we're going to tell you how to how to find out what they're doing these days and all that. But I mean, six, do I have the number right? 16 piece band? There's 15 of us. Who left? <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it depends. Sometimes there have been 16 guys on stage. Yeah. Okay. 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 And let's see, we tout, let's see, uh, uh, a six-man rhythm section, including Jerry, who's on guitar and lead vocal. Um, a six-man horn section, is mm -hmm. that, is that, am I right so far? Yep. Okay. Right. And a five-man vocal section, also including Jerry, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, man, man. Army. <laughs> right. <laughs> Talk about a huge, huge, huge undertaking. And before we go any farther, I'm going to quote something directly from Jerry's website, which is like, it, it's, it's amazing what this man has done. Um, let's see, uh, he talks about with the culmination of the band. The band is the culmination of the dreams of all of the individual musicians in the band. We all dreamed about what the ideal gig would be. And it went something like this, to play music that moved, challenged, and inspired us without the usual external restrictions, influences, or boundaries that come with every other paying gig. And I like how you have paying in, in parentheses there. <laughs> I love that. And, and to go on, he says, to make that music with people we love and respect both personally and musically, and to be able to share it with others. Jerry goes on to talk about the first band meeting, and he says it went like this, and I quote here, I want each of you to bring in a piece of music that you would that you have always wanted to play but couldn't get away with in a lounge showroom or any other commercial gig. It could be an original piece, a cover, whatever, and then we're going to have some fun making it our own. If that's not every musician's dream, I don't know what is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that that was a dream. That's exactly what that was. And the and the fact that you made that happen, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty extraordinary. I I don't know. I you know I tell people all the time that um I'm 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 generally like the worst musician in the band. Okay, <laughs> design. Uh huh. And I tell the, people the best if, position in the band. <laughs> yeah, I tell people if if I if I have a gift, it maybe it's to be able to inspire people with my enthusiasm mm -hmm. about a project. And what happened is that I had uh, I had already been in a position of uh, band leader and musical director and different things. And so the guys I was around, they'd all, you know, we become friends, but they'd made money through my endeavors mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. over the years. Mm -hmm. So when I proposed this to some of the guys who were generally pretty, uh, uh, you know, these are guys who like, you know, I don't leave my house for less than, you know, right. Mm -hmm. Some of them were right. mm -hmm. pretty much like that. When I brought this up, they, they, 
probably under normal conditions, they would go, that's crazy. Why would we even do that? Right. We're not, you know, but, uh, but they, they trusted me, you know, and they mm. believed in me. And, and so we showed up at the first rehearsal with a, a mishmash of charts, you know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was, too, it was be too much for one guy to pay for the arrangements of a band. Right. That's, but at that rehearsal, it was like magic. It was like, man, we, we just had so much fun and it grooved so hard. And I could just see a lot of these guys who were jaded, you know, musicians, I hate to say it, but you know, some of the guys at that point when we first got started were, you know, mercenary, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I saw some of these guys like they turned 16 years old again, you know. <laughs> and uh-huh. we were on to something. So that's how that wow. happened. Wow. It, it's really something true. Cause I mean, even when uh, you, you talk about the beginning and like you said, as far as like jaded musicians and everything, one of the things you said in the band is, you know, this, this it's, 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 it's gotta be like this way. We're all going to have fun doing this, you know, which, you know, you've been doing this for like a certain period of time. It's like, okay, here we go with another wild idea, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, we've like you, we've all heard it so many times over the years. You know, we're going to make this band like this big thing. But again, I mean, you and your your guys did it. You did it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Isn't that a trip? I mean, after as many years as, as, as we've done this, right, we've probably heard about everything, right? We've mm-hmm. heard it all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. But the, here's the one thing that I discovered about, about real players, about, you know, guys who are lifers, mm-hmm. you know, like us. And that is that when it comes to music, they're all like kids in, in that, in that we, you know, we, we all share that passion and joy. I know a lot of guys who are technicians who can read anything and can play anything, maybe not necessarily with the heart and soul of, of a lot of guys I know who don't read at all. Mm-hmm. But, but the one thing I know about all the people that are real players is that when the music starts, you know, if it's, if it's good, if it's, if they're playing with people who are, who can communicate, right? It's like this mm-hmm. conversation. They're all like little kids. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, I, I, I had the opportunity to play with some of my heroes over the years. Mm-hmm. And those guys, the ones that I always admired and looked up to, who'd already achieved this, you know, you know, the Grammys and the, you know, all of that stuff, who, who had done everything in the gold and platinum records, they were like little kids about music still. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, that is what I have to retain. That's the fire I have to keep burning. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, those of us in Las Vegas, working here a lot, and especially working in the lounges, and I worked for over 20 years, uh, six nights a week, oh my anywhere from three to six sets a night, <laughs> man, it'll it'll suck the joy right out of you. It sure will. It'll just take it right out of you. And I, and I knew that if, if I was going to continue, I was going to have to somehow keep that fire burning. Mm-hmm. And that's really what this band was about. This band was about, this is like my uh, Hail Mary pass to like either I'm going to fall wow. in love with this again mm-hmm. or or I better go find some business where like if I'm good, I win because that's mm-hmm. not the music business. Uh-huh. You know? Right, exactly, exactly. So, uh, success in our business, uh, the criteria isn't talent. It's a bunch of things, including talent. Right, right. So I'm either going to have to love this thing or, you know, so that's what the band was. The band was a, a way to keep the fire burning, you know? Mm. 
I, I got to tell you, I, and I'm listening to you now, and 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 when we do talk, it's like I, I love listening to you. This enthusiasm that you see right here in Jerry, this is like real, and I, it is totally contagious. When you talk to Jerry, you can't help but feel inspired, and and I mean that from the bottom of my heart, man. I, I you know, I, it's 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 like this. So if ever you come to Las Vegas and you get a chance to talk to Jerry, please, you know. <laughs> Let yourself go. Let yourself, as 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 Jerry says, as the quote for the band, let the music, you know, let the let the healing begin. Right. Let the <laughs> and this is a conversation with Jerry, not just the band, but just some conversation. The healing begins when you talk to Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm 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 passionate about totally. I'm passionate about all the things that I do. I'm at an age and and a place in my life where uh, I surround myself with like-minded people. Mm. And, and that's I, hard to do. It, it is, Eddie. And, and um, you know, there's so many obstacles, right? I mean, there's so many obstacles in life anyway that we're mm -hmm. all going to face. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets their turn in the barrel. Nobody's going to get out of life. That's so true, right. But there are things that we can control in our life. Mm -hmm. and, and, and one of those things is the people that we let in our, in our world, right? The people mm -hmm. that, we, that we let close to us. And so I, I make it a point to to be around people who feed that with, you know, that energy, mm -hmm. give it back to me and, you know, mm -hmm. laugh, play their butts off, you know, mm -hmm. spiritual and, stuff, you know. I, I got to ask you, how did you get past that? And I'm sure, like you said, it's getting the right people, you know, like you said, mm -hmm. having like-minded people. Cause you know, in this business, you get those people where like a band such as this, first of all, we're not gonna even talk about the size of the band, but let's just talk about like the work that's gonna be involved individually. Mm -hmm. and all that and it's like you know and again you, you, like your arrangements are, are, are incredible in, in, incredible how do you get musicians that are going to be like that that are not going to be like oh man really 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 <laughs> you know that's too that's too much work you know yeah well well here here's the thing here's the thing that the, the band has changed from the very first i mean we've still got a lot of the original guys mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but but it's a self-healing, self-weeding out kind of a ah. group over the mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And those that, that weren't up to the task, those that weren't kind of, they drifted out. I, mm. I've rarely had to let somebody go out of the band. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the, 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 the people that stay, the benefit that they get from, and, and there's two sides to this. There's the healing side and there's the business side. Okay. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. All started as a healing thing and it became a business thing as well. But, but, but each one of these guys, here, here's the way it happens. We're, we love each other. We admire mm -hmm. and respect each other musically. So I don't get on that stage without my A game. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I rarely ever achieve what I think is like the perfect show, mm -hmm. but all of us feel that way about each other and mm -hmm. about what mm -hmm. we're doing. And so even like the arrangers in the band, right? We're always pushing it just a little higher, just making it a little more, you know, fighting. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a challenging, challenging book, this, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. our arrangements and the stuff that we do. And, and, you know, we take great joy and pride in it. And it shows. Yeah. And it's, and it's benefited everybody, not just from, the personal healing, but also, you know, when we're playing to audiences back in the day, you remember that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Seems so long ago, doesn't it? <laughs> Energy we would get back and the, you know, the, the, the feeling that we get back, the immediate uh, 
uh, feedback that we get from people, man, it's, 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 a, it's a beautiful thing. It really mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what's happened. That's how, that's how we've kept that level of musician. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how we've kept that level of, of uh, inspiration. You know, it's, it's the guys, it's the, each individual guy, some of them who maybe weren't up to the task, but found that their well was deeper than they even knew it was, uh-huh. mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're standing next to guys like Phil Wigfall, alto sax player, who's, who's a, you know, savant, you know, oh my and, gosh, <laughs> guys like Roshan Westmoreland on bass guitar, who, mm-hmm. you know, he's got a, a photographic memory, this guy, wow. and and he'll look at a chart one time and some of these charts are really difficult and he'll read it at a rehearsal and then the paper's gone and he'll never ever need it again. And so so when you're standing next to guys like that, I am not showing up with anything (laughs) less in my And, 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 and though you're the leader, how can you, how can you not be a student of, of, of all that? I mean, they know that they mm-hmm. each, each of these guys know how much I respect them and love them. And, and, and I am a, always a student, mm-hmm. you know, Likewise. I, I think the day we stop, right. That's, that's mm-hmm. the other thing. Like I tell you about real players, mm-hmm. they're all hungry like that about mm-hmm. learning and, and continuing to, to, to hone our craft, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. get better at what we do, whether it's writing or producing or mixing and all those things that we've all had to learn how to do. Right. Eddie. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did. I got started just wanting to play and sing, right? Uh-huh. And it evolved into producing and mixing and mastering and then things I never wanted to do. It's kind of like nowadays. I told somebody the other day. I said, "I'm in the video business, like it or not." <laughs> right? It's like a whole new right? chapter. Right? Oh my! <laughs> White balance. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. Uh huh. Jerry, Jerry, let me ask you, because you, you had kind of alluded to that, like your beginning, and, and of course, this all starts from like a pretty solid foundation. I mean, you know, where, where did, how did your beginning start? You know, like you said, I read that, you know, you were like touring and, and recording at the, at the, you know, ripe old age of 14 years old. Yeah, yeah, it started <laughs> for that. I was, I made my first record when I was five years old. Your first record. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My brother Gilbert, my older brother, and I, we were five and six, and we made our first record. We were, we grew up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, in a very mm-hmm. uh, a humble home. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, and so here's what happened. We, we had an old black and white television mm-hmm. that broke down, and uh, my parents didn't have the money to fix it. So my dad borrowed my uncle's guitar. And he would sit and he would, he had, my dad knew like four guitar chords and he would play those mm-hmm. four guitar chords and he, him and my mom would sing. Mm. They, so suddenly my older brother Gilbert started picking up on it and they saw that, that, that this guy, you know, like could learn songs and had great pitch and at, you know, at six mm-hmm. years old and I would sit and watch and, and I told my dad, I, I want to sing too. He was like, he's trying to, brushed me off he said well but yeah but you don't know the songs I said I already know the songs at five years old at five years old because that was our that was the entertainment there was no tv there was Mm -hmm. no you know and so uh, my dad got this thing he said I'm going to teach these kids how to harmonize right so he started doing that with us and um he saw that we we had this 
gift. We had a, a talent for this, my brother mm -hmm. and I. And so he was like, look, if you guys really want to do this, you're going to practice and you're going to practice every day. Mm. So before we were even in school, we would have to be called out of the street where we played the rest of the time to practice every single day. And mm -hmm. we didn't want to do it a lot of times like kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there were people in our world, you know, one of my grandmothers, for example, who, who saw it as child abuse at the time, right? Uh, what practicing hard making the, making the kids practice yeah, practice uh, sometimes uh -huh. i'd be going <laughs> uh, right <laughs> uh, uh. i mean there were times when i hated my father for that mm. and yet i could uh, uh, have kissed his feet mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the rest of my life because of the the work ethic that he taught us since we were mm. little kids mm -hmm. because i knew that i don't care how i mean i had a really good ear since i was a kid which is why I cheated all through music classes. You know what I'm saying? They put a piece of music and they play it and I would have memorized it before it was over and I'd play it and they go, oh, oh reads okay. I wasn't reading anything anyway. <laughs> but so I, I knew that no matter how much talent I had, there was going to be some elbow grease that was going to have to go into this. Uh -huh. to be good. And so that's how it really started. So we were, but we were playing like a Mexican music and regional Spanish music. Growing up in Santa Fe, which is a very, uh, it's a real mixing pot of, of ethnic cultures, right? There's mm -hmm. American and Spanish and Mexican and, you know, a lot of Anglo. So, so you know, in Santa Fe, uh, in a, you know, we'd be playing in the bars. So that's how we'd make our money. My dad would take us and he'd play the guitar and we'd sing. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. that we made mm -hmm. dough. And like you said, you were, you were playing in the bars and all that where they weren't really, you know, caring about like the age of the kids. Oh, no, no. And especially okay. in New Mexico, if you're with an adult, you can be any age and be in a bar. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. I remember that back in Akron. I remember sitting yeah. next to my father at a bar. <laughs> so. Some of those places were pretty rough, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's it's been a really colorful life, Eddie. Mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. But that's how it started, you know. Mm -hmm. And then and my dad started teaching us those four chords he knew. And we started playing and then and then my brother and I would go and we would get gigs. You know, we'd be eight and nine years old and we'd go to these restaurants and we'd play from table to table. Mm, and we wow. Um, so we found at an early age that like, you know, we could do this and and earn a living, you know. Oh, okay. What what was the neighborhood like? Uh, uh you guys are like practicing and all that stuff. Could they could they hear you like outside? Yeah. Could, could, could it the was kids the hear you? Okay. And it was, oh, okay. it, you know, it, and, and it, it, like I said, it was a real, um, we were, we were pretty poor. And, and so there was a lot of, uh, you know, we grew up in an area where there were, um, you know, gangs sort of, mm, you know, mm -hmm, back in those mm -hmm. days, it wasn't, it was more about what part of the town you grew up in. And so the music was a, was a double-edged sword for us as little kids. Oh. We'd get bullied sometimes because we were the singers. Uh. And we would, but the older brothers were always protecting us because we were the singers. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh -huh. So, so that was the scene. But then, you know, there was other kids in the neighborhood that, you know, remember one kid had this old silver tone amplifier, and they would plug everything into it, man. <laughs> <laughs> And that one amplifier, uh, right, right, and uh, and you know, so we started we started getting into electric stuff, you know, and then, hey man, there were things that just changed my life completely. 
you know, mm. when I, when I heard James Brown, it, it changed my life completely. Really? And, uh-huh. Oh yeah, totally. It's same thing when I, first time I heard Tower Power and, and then when I was a kid, like I said, in Santa Fe, there was a lot of different music. There was also flamenco music, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really complex rhythmically. Mm-hmm. And the first time I heard it, man, it was like, man, that's our funk. That's oh, wow. A, that's a whole other, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh, it, uh-huh. It, rhythmically, it's so complex and funky uh-huh. that I was right. It is. This all makes sense together mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I was influenced by all that stuff. Wow. Wow. That yeah. is, re- that is really. <laughs> we even played country music. I mean, like I said, in, in a bar in Santa Fe, I'd have to do a James Brown song, a Hank Williams song, and, uh, you know, a mariachi song, you know, uh-huh. and that's what everybody listened to. You know? <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. Now, are you, are you the lead singer then, or is everybody like lead singing? There was my brother sang, all my brothers, my dad. It was a family band, you know, so mm-hmm. everybody sang. Mm-hmm. And kind of that, that came in handy later. It still does, uh, you know, like uh, when I, um, you know, being bilingual and being able to, to play all those different kinds of music in different mm-hmm. shows. You know, when I was with uh, Ricky Martin, it was kind of the same kind of thing, right? I could sing. Let, let me stop you right there. Notice how you just threw that name out, everybody. Did you say, oh, yeah, when I was with uh, Ricky Martin, you know. <laughs> And that's only one name so far. I mean, Jerry's got like a list of people that he's played with. And when you talk about earlier, as far as like, you know, you wanted to play, you wanted to play with those people that were your heroes, you know, yeah. and you mentioned Tower of Power and, and all that. I mean, you've had like members of Tower of Power play with your band. So anyway, I digress. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so all of that, you know, it, all of it became uh, really important later, you know, mm-hmm. and still to this day. And in fact, a lot of the music that I write, for Santa Fe and the arrangements that we do, it's 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 peppered with, you know, salsa grooves and even like the arrangement that you did of "Use Me Up," right? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Which I fell in love with because I, you know, you did that arrangement, uh, and uh, and I asked you. I said, "Man, Eddie, is it cool if we do Man. this thing?" So then I, I I and I put this section in the middle of it that was kind of like Uno thing. And it was like, it's just so grooving, you know? Man, I'll tell you, I mean, personally for me, that was an honor. Because again, I mean, Jerry's name here in Las Vegas is like like the guy, you know, and all that. So when I got that call as far as like, you know, hey, can I use this arrangement? I'm like, wait a minute, first of all, the Jerry Lopez is asking me for this and it's not even my song, it's somebody else's song. Please, man, run with it. And then what an honor it was to come up with that first rehearsal, you know, it, it was this way. And then Jerry threw this, this, this thing in the middle that was like, oh my God. I still get I still get goosebumps when I think about that first rehearsal, sitting in that first rehearsal, and all these horns are like surrounding me, which you know I'm like a horn guy. I love a horn. Yeah. Guy, you know. So they're all surrounding me and everything. And I was just literally, I went over to a, a, a engineer friend of mine's house, and I'm like, dude, we I told him that you were gonna be on, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, pull this up. And he pulled it up, and of course, we're in the studio and it's like blasting through the studio. And we haven't even spoken about your singing yet, which mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and the band, the band that we had, uh, Christine LaFond, an, another singer here, a, a female vocalist, you know, mm-hmm. and Jerry took that song and made it a male vocalist song and just, just, just killed it. So, yeah. So that's, so that's the, that's been the whole thing with Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns is, is giving people 
something they want when we do the covers, right? Something mm -hmm. they want and they know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they already love it. Mm -hmm. And then we take and we twist it a little bit. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. And and give them something thrilling and exciting mm -hmm. on top. Of it, right. So it's just like taking like a recipe that they already like mm -hmm. and then something really, you know, different and exciting for them. Totally. How is that like when you're on stage and, and, and I'm sure you're probably used to it now. First of all, it's like one thing that, you know, this band, like, I mean, if you're looking at the audience and this band, this incredible band is first of all doing like, you know, hey, man, oh my gosh, I remember that song. Oh, I love this song. And then it's like, you totally like take it someplace else. And how, how is that like to see those those reactions from people that are like, you know. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, when you go to like uh, uh, an amusement park and they take those photographs of people coming down on the roller coaster. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's a great analogy. I love that. <laughs> I thought about that, but I'm telling you, that's what it's like. I, uh, my friend, um, my friend Bill Champlin, who mm -hmm. uh, was with Chicago for many oh years. Oh my gosh. And that uh, everybody that knows me knows I'm a diehard fan of Chicago. So yeah, so Bill. <laughs> And who's one of my heroes and, and one of my best friends. We, we just got through writing a couple of new songs for Santa Fe. But he, wow. he tells me, Jerry, when I go see your band, man, he goes, I have to remind myself to breathe. <laughs> it's that. It's that, mm -hmm. that thing that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I've been that guy. I, 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 I still seek out music and artists and people that mm -hmm. will do that to me where I'm like, mm -hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and again, you know, it's, it's it, you know, to the audience, you know, to the, you know, Joe, Joe average in the audience, it's like, it's one thing that you do, like, oh my gosh, I love that song. Oh my gosh, she's doing that song. And then again, you take it like to this other place where it's like, like you said, it's like, <laughs> you know? right. And then, then when you bring it back, it's like, oh, I'm exhausted now. I'm just like totally exhausted. <laughs> yeah. You know? And that's so, one song. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know? mm -hmm. As music, as musicians, right. Mm -hmm. It, mm -hmm. it, keeps it exciting it keeps it you know what i'm saying because mm -hmm. all of us again um having played in lounges and done all kinds of stuff for many years playing covers exactly the way people wanted them which is mm -hmm. a great thing also people people want to hear the music that you know they love and underscored certain parts of their life but mm -hmm. as musicians for us to uh, be able to do that and then still be able to challenge ourselves musically it's it's, mm -hmm. it's great to be able to be part of a band that can do that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And again, Finally. like this, the size of each section, you know, wow, we got like six horns, the things we can do with that. Oh, we have like this huge rhythm section, the things we can do with that. Oh, yeah, by the way, we have like this huge vocal section up front. And yep. man, I mean, each one is, man, each vocalist, <laughs> including yourself. It's like, wow. <laughs> you know? Well, that, that, that all goes back to that dream that, mm -hmm. that we talked about at the opening of the show. Mm -hmm. where when we were uh, dreaming this up, it was like, okay, so if we wanted to do this, what would be the instrumentation that we could actually do it well uh -huh. with, without mm -hmm. regard to how much are we going to be able to make or mm -hmm. what, right? Mm -hmm. Without restriction. That, with that's a biggie right there, what you just mentioned, without regard to how much we're going to be able to make. Yeah. You know, yeah, because getting people to put that aside, you know, that's right. People still tell me, how can you make any money with a band like that? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, he, here's what's happened. OK, mm -hmm. here's mm -hmm. what's happened for all the musicians out there that might be thinking about this. Mm -hmm. What's happened is that because we love what we're doing so much and put so much passion and care into what we do, 
money has come our way. I talked mm. earlier about how there's two sides to this thing. There's the healing side mm-hmm. and there's the business side. Mm-hmm. On the healing side, we all get a, a, a great uh, healing from doing it. Mm-hmm. We, our audience is a great healing. And from that, all the best gigs that any of us have ever gotten have come from people seeing us do this gig. Mm. So, for example, if um, you would have, I mean, all our, our, the whole horn section is Lady Gaga's horn section, right? Mm. Uh, Celine mm. Dion's horn section. I was going to say, now they are. I mean, they start out, you know, there and now they yeah. are. You know. That's right. Mm. And now, but if you would go to see them, even in those gigs, you would see a trumpet player in the back playing trumpet. Or mm. if you'd have seen me in one of the shows on the strip, I'm in a tuxedo playing the guitar. But mm-hmm. when you come see Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns, you get to see each one of those guys pedal to the metal, doing everything that they do, whether they're a ranger, whether they're a composer, a singer, a instrumentalist. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's like a it's become a farm club for mm. for big shows, wow. big tours, and right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll I'll give you another example. There was a guy I met several years ago by the name of Nick Weir. He's the uh, head of entertainment for Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. Mm -hmm. And he would come in and see the band, right? And he was just this huge fan of the band. And Mm -hmm. uh, he would tell me, he's an English guy, right? And he would tell me, Jerry, look, I got to figure out how to do something with you guys. And I'm like, you know, like we were saying earlier, we... We hear stuff all the time, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Be great. That's it. No, I'm serious, Jerry. We're gonna do something. I'd be like, yeah, great. <laughs> so calls me. He says, Jerry, you got to meet me for lunch. He goes, I. They at. He said they just made me, you know, head of entertainment because prior to that he was a consultant. He said they just made me head of entertainment, and I've got something I've got to show you. I said, okay, sure, let's go. So he brings a laptop and he shows me this. Uh, graphic this digital graphic thing of of these um robotic articulated arms like the ones that build cars mm-hmm. right 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 showing me this big uh like a theater and 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 there are six of these robotic articulated arms and each one of them is holding a video panel and he's showing me how they can go forward and backward and they can come together and he's mm-hmm. saying this is these are some new rooms we're putting into several of our newest biggest ships and he said and these are going to be like 10k screens which isn't even available you know right and said and and so what's going on in the back of that are these huge windows that overlook the ocean but but at night or when the weather's not great they those 10k screens cover those up as well right we want want to have santa fe and the fat city horns record some shows we'll do it like with green screen and with a bunch of cameras, and we're going to create these 3D shows inside the ships, right? Whoa. So he's showing me this, and I'm like, "Yeah, right." Uh, <laughs> now, now, what, what? Do you remember what year this is? Because I mean, everything you're talking about is like, I mean, that's like way before like it's become like normal now, you know? Yeah, no, that this was uh, maybe um, six or seven eight years ago. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, um, and you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Inside I'm going, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Outwardly, I, I like this guy a lot. I love his enthusiasm. I, I love his vision. And now he's become an entertainment, the head of entertainment for what in our business is a whole new set of real estate for what we do. Right. 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 Uh-huh. Right. We were talking 
earlier, we're in the video business out well. We're maybe also in the cruise ship business, uh-huh, right. depending on where business takes us. So it, it came to pass, right? So now, uh, up until the time that this COVID thing happened, and I mean, and they paid us handsomely for that, and a, I'm a, sure. a and we would get royalties, and we still do, at the beginning of each year for each uh-huh. one of those. And it's and it's and it's pretty sizable. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all of the guys in the band, all, you know, we formed a, a, a corporation, and everybody's part of this business. And you know, money comes in through that, and through merchandise, and through other things that we do. But that's mm-hmm. just one of the ways, right? Mm-hmm. In which, when people go, well, you know, you couldn't make any money with a band like that. And you know, I, I'm coming back to the whole point of that: mm-hmm. if you do something that you love and you do it you know, with passion and those things can come. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and we weren't even looking for that. And those things come. Mm-hmm. I was, I was going to ask you that was, was money. I mean, obviously on, uh, when, with a band like this size, I mean, money is there, but I mean, are you even looking at my, okay. How much, how much, how much are we going to make? You know, no, of course, no. every, every musician is. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Not so. at all. In fact, when we, here's the other thing, when we first put the band together, Clint Holmes was in town and he had just gotten a contract to be the headliner at Harrah's. I remember that. And he came in to see the band and he had that roller coaster look on his face. Uh-huh, yeah. And the story goes, he was with his manager, Rory, and, and Rory told him, that's the band you have to have when you go into the showroom. Mm. And, and Clint told him, I can't afford him. And he, and he said, Rory told him, you can't afford not to have them. Yeah. So, so, so we became the band for Clint Holmes for seven years, mm. main showroom of Harris. Mm. So, so it was instantly turned into money for all of the guys, right? Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. That, but it kept us all on the same schedule. So we could have the same night off. So we could do our healings with the band. Right. I was going to say, so you're still doing that too. Yeah. Wow. And wow. so, so for seven years, that band was, uh, you know, had a five or six night a week, one show a night at Harrah's in the main showroom. And um, that was right off the bat after wow. we band together. And that was yeah. going to be one of my questions. That, and that goes, and you pretty much already answered that. Like, how did you get around like the big band hurdles? Like, oh man, no, that's just too big. We, you know, we can't, we can't afford you guys. It's just too big. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, and and so, how do you like, how do you, how do you like be of the mind that, well, I'm not going to scratch anybody in the band because you right. know, I'll just move on. I mean, how do you, you know, and we go through that all the time. People are always want to hire us for something and they're like, well, could you cut it down to, and I'm like, no, I can't. Right. Right. If you want, I, I, I contract a lot of shows. I contracted mm-hmm. the Donnie and Marie show. I did. I've done a lot of this, you know, put bands together. Yeah. I said, I, but this band, we don't mess with it. It's like, this is what it is. So mm-hmm. here's what happened. The, the the very first gig that we did with Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns was at the Palace Station when they had an enclosed lounge there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entertainment director, Judy Alberti, was a dear friend of mine. I'd known her for years when our previous version, of our lounge version of the band used to work for Station Casinos. There was, the, a loud, there was a lounge version? Oh, yeah, yeah. For God, since the 70s. There was, it was a five-piece, six-piece, seven-piece band of Santa Fe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was prior to Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns. We named it Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns to differentiate it from the previous versions of Santa Fe that were the lounge band. Okay. Okay. 
-hmm. So, um, I, you know, we knew we needed a big stage. I knew I wanted a great sound system and, and lights, right? Mm -hmm. So I called Judy. I said, Judy, I've got this thing that I put together. It's, it's crazy. I said, it's a 15-piece band. And she's like, Jerry, come on, you know. Mm -hmm. we, we could, nobody can afford that. What I said, look, actually, I don't want you to pay us. I said, here's what I want to do. I want to come in and do two Monday nights absolutely free. I said, you provide the sound guy and a lighting guy. I said, and we'll, we'll play, play two Monday nights completely free. I said, if it goes great, if it's really happening, I said, then maybe you can give us something so we can pay a uh, backline company and our own audio guys and stuff like that. Just so, so that, you know, cause we're running from other shows so that mm -hmm. our backline company can bring our gear in and do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, as we're putting this band together and we're rehearsing, word got out, right? That there was this monster band that was being mm -hmm. formed. Mm -hmm. The first night that we played, there was lines around the whole place. You couldn't even get in. Wow. All but just was, word of mouth. Just word of mouth. And in the music community, you know. That's and true. Vegas at the time, you know, it's there's uh, two lounge bands in every casino and, <laughs> and music in every showroom. And this is 20 years ago. Huh. And um, so after those two Monday nights, she was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's keep doing it. I'll give you X amount of dollars. I said, great, you know, mm -hmm. and we continued until the casino was sold and some other things happened. And then I did the same thing at the Palms. I went to my mm -hmm. friend HC Rowe, who now runs the, the main theater at Caesars. Mm -hmm. He had been an entertainment director at the Aladdin. I knew all, all of the players from all mm -hmm. the years I've been here. Mm -hmm. And I told him the same thing. I said, HC, I want to come into that lounge and I'll do it for free. And I'll even bring in our own sound system. I'll bring in our whole thing. I said, I'll do it for like two Monday nights or three Monday nights. If it brings in a lot of cross traffic through the, you know, the gaming tables and at the bar and the whatever. Mm -hmm. I said, then let's talk about you giving me something every week so I can take care of people. Wow. And so that's how we did it. I never, you know, because we needed to play. We wanted to play. Wow. Mm hmm. And there, there it is right there. We needed to play. We wanted to play. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And gigs kept coming, mm -hmm. you know, the gigs kept coming. I was with Wayne Brady for like four years mm -hmm. in, you know, I, I uh, all of these guys got amazing gigs over mm -hmm. the, I, you name mm -hmm. it, they played with, with everybody, the, the pedigree of the musicians in this band. Oh yeah, for, totally. I mean, yeah, all the, first call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from from being seen with this band. I mean, mm -hmm. our audience members would be anybody from Prince to you know Bette Midler. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of wow. crazy. Do Do you think like in this in this time like pre pre or post COVID, do you think that idea can still happen? I mean, from from the ground up. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Wow. Mm -hmm. I think that if you do something quality something that's extraordinary mm -hmm. you do it with joy i mean i i there's so little of that eddie that's why that's where our audience was our audiences are people who were unserved musically mm -hmm. and who never had that kind of a an experience you know and mm -hmm. so the challenge obviously is always surrounding yourself with like-minded people who are willing to throw their hat in the circle and and go for it you know mm -hmm. but i really believe that those things are special Right. Mm -hmm. what, mm -hmm. Whether it's food, whether it, mm -hmm. whatever it is, if you put your heart into it 
and, and you serve something delicious up to them, music mm -hmm. or food or art, mm -hmm. I think it, you know. I remember there's one time you and I kind of had this conversation because, you know, uh, th that we get into, we get into that, that, that rut. Um, uh, where you forget the joy that you had when you first when you first started doing this, you know, yeah. you were willing to do anything to where you could do this, you know, you're willing to sacrifice everything for this. What happened to that original joy? I remember that we had a conversation like that. And that so struck me because I'm like, that is so right. <laughs> that is so right. And that's kind of what's what's happened to the community. You know, we've gotten so yeah. locked up to, well, you know, how much is it going to pay? You know, how much am I going to get for it? You know, I've had conversations where I'm like, you know, do you do you really have to have all the money? Really? <laughs> really? There's so much money to be made. And I like your whole concept where it's like, you know, we we build it, they will come. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. And you know, there are, I mean, we're I'm a professional musician, and there are people that'll call me for a gig. And I mean, I'm not I'm not like um that about every gig. I mean, with mm -hmm. Santa Fe something. And, um, but, you know, on a professional level, when people call me to do a, whether it's a guitar player gig or a vocal gig or a production gig or whatever, that's different. That's mm -hmm. right. You know, that's, that's real money. You know, mm -hmm. I got to work. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because, um, you know, we, we, we charge very little to, for people to see our live shows. Right. I think it's like mm -hmm. $20 to come in to, to see our show. <clears throat> Which, if you go see Jerry's show, twenty dollars is nothing to see this show. Yeah, really. <laughs> so, so there are people who will get the idea. Well, you know, they'll do the math and go, "Okay, there's like two hundred people in here." You know, uh, okay, so these guys will do a gig for X amount of dollars. Wrong, mm. wrong. We do that gig mm -hmm. for those people <laughs> on that night for that amount. Right, right. right. <laughs> But we won't do a corporate show or we won't go do it for that kind of money. We're, you know, these are, you know, triple A players, man. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wow. Wow. So, so Jerry, we, we, we talked a lot about, about this, this gargantuan project, you know, you know, the San, Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns. Tell us a little bit about Jerry Lopez. Cause you've done some, some ex, exquisite, like, like solo projects as well. How, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about those. Well, um, that featured that feature you, your that 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 dynamic voice, and that guitar, which I assume is in your lap somewhere. <laughs> I, I've got one here. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. I uh, I've never really considered myself a guitar player. It's really weird. It's like I play it, and I can do it, but I'm I'm not like a like a hired gun. You know, I, and I've gotten gigs like that. I don't I don't know. You know, but I think. <laughs> um. I just work really hard, Eddie. I swear, mm -hmm. I'm just like, you know, it's that whole thing of, you know, this much talent and a whole lot of elbow grease, you know, put mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. and And so some of the, the uh, projects that I've done, I just got through, um, well, I'll tell you, there's a new one that just came out. It came out October 15th. It's by a Finnish producer by the name of Tommy Malm. Mm. And um, um, in fact, here, I'm gonna show you. There's there's the album cover. Awesome. Okay. 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 And, and that's a record. What is that? This is an actual record. People don't know. <laughs> yeah. So they made CDs and they made they made records, but um, <laughs> like, you know, the the musicians on this 
there's probably a lot of musicians watch your show, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. But but there's like a Dan Warner guitar player who just you know he passed away, but mm-hmm. Luis Conte and Robbie Buchanan and um, Neil Steubenhaus and Tim Pierce, wow. Alex Acuna, the Fat City Horns are on mm-hmm. here. Um, of course. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Haslip and uh, Joel Taylor and uh, Vinnie Caliuta and. You know, uh, James Hera and uh, Carlitos uh-huh. El Puerto and on and on and on. Randy Goodrum, mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. big names in the business. But I did a I co-wrote one of the songs and and uh, and sang the vocal track on this. Mm-hmm. So I do I do a lot of things like that, like where it's like, uh, you know, and it's an international release and it's getting a lot of it's getting a lot of recognition. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I, I actually did this. It's been like a, about a year and a half ago when I actually did the track. You know that all mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's a lot of things that I do like that that are, you know, uh, I, I cut vocal tracks. You can see my got my little studio here. So that's my. There he is. Ah, yeah. okay. Nice. Back there, I call it my torture chamber. Really. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Torture myself. <laughs> So yeah, I do a lot of vocal stuff like that. I, I've done several of them um, just in the last few months. Nice. And, um, um, in Spanish and in English, you know, uh-huh. mm-hmm. for different markets and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and then and then my my real gig. It's kind of weird, right? <laughs> my gig is I write and produce music for television for infomercials ah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so that's i mean i know you were talking about the solo artist thing and all that but i so, so i i do do guitar tracks and i do guitar stuff and i do vocal stuff mm-hmm. but i also write and produce music under vacuum cleaners and <laughs> steam ovens and uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, you know uh and not yeah. not just locally i mean these are these are like national at national but, works it's the biggest company in the world. They're mm-hmm. Shark Ninja. So if anybody out there's got a shark vacuum cleaner or a Ninja kitchen appliance of some kind, if you ever see those infomercials, that's me. That's Jack. Yeah. If you wake up in the middle of the night to pee and there's an infomercial on with a vacuum cleaner, you can go, ah, oh, Jerry, that's Jerry, you know. Right. 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 Another uh-huh. thing that just that just happened, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, I stumbled on that. That was, you know, mm-hmm. it was a, and, and that, that's really what's kept the lights on for many years while I can yeah. pursue the things that I, that I want to do, you know, mm-hmm. I enjoy. Let, let me ask you, speaking of that, what, what do you have, like, uh, is, is there a method to the madness as far as like your, your songwriting? How do you approach like, you know, the, the creative part? Is it one of those things that you, obviously, if you're doing that kind of thing, you don't wait for it to hit you. You, you got to like come up with something. Or do you? Do you wait for it to hit you? Well, when I'm, when I'm working on these uh, infomercials, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. there's deadlines and there's, I'm working with producers and directors who are in different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, <laughs> there's no waiting around for inspiration. It's like there. get to right right Mm -hmm. if i'm if i'm lucky in that kind of a situation and the the producer i'm working with understands the process i can generally get them to possibly get me temp music right Mm -hmm. stuff that they already kind of like the energy of 
Ah, okay. Right? Okay. Uh-huh. While they're while they're cutting video, while they're shooting stuff. Uh-huh. Then <clears throat> from that point, I've I've already got an idea of what they're looking for. Uh-huh. Right? Okay. So then I can from there, I, I mean I'll um I'll sit and I'll create an instrument palette, right? I'll go, mm -hmm. okay, this kind of a song. So it's this many guitars, it's it's bass drums or it's a electronic song, and it's, it's so I'll put that instrument palette together, mm -hmm. and from there start getting ideas and and you know, and writing. When I'm writing, uh, like now we I've been doing a lot of writing for the new Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns record, mm -hmm. and that's different. That a lot of that stuff comes from. Uh, for, I'll I'll be in my car and I'm and I'm humming ideas into my phone, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I'll, I'll, when it's time to write something, I'll go back and I'll listen to all those little ideas, uh -huh. those little kernels of ideas. Right, right. right. Uh -huh. um, I'll give you, I'll give you a quick example. This is uh -huh. a song. So I co-wrote this with Bill Champlin and his wife, Tamara. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I called him and I said, um, listen, I've got a, I've got a chorus. Oh wow! Okay. I have a, let me see if I can. Let me see. Let me see if I can find this chorus. Uh -huh. Okay, so so the chorus. Well, here. Okay. <laughs> that sounded good, by the way. <laughs> you like that? Okay, so I'm going to play this recording real quick. So here's okay. the chorus that I had, right? Right. So I mm -hmm. had chorus and then mm -hmm. Bill came up with the rest of it. Now, wait but, a minute. Um, is this is this for a commercial? No, no. That's, oh, OK. Is, OK. I'm like, man, that's a full on song. There. <laughs> yeah. The commercial stuff is a whole other thing. OK. OK. Got you. Got you. But it, that started out as a chorus. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I've been waiting for you to go. I've been hoping that you mm. Hey, you're the only thing that ever take my breath away. I don't care if it's right or wrong. I've been pacing from dust till dawn. Your love is a drug that always take my breath away. Right? Nice. So it's the chorus, and then I laid that on Bill, and he came up with like, um, once in a bad blue moon, somebody comes along and turns her head around. She owns all the air in the room, so far gone with every Live for the scene. Oh, love that. Just a girl. So, you know uh -huh, what I'm saying? Uh huh. And it's funny where you started that, I can totally hear Bill Chaplin. I mean, he just, just comes in blazing, you know. Yeah. Somebody comes along. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love That's it. Is. Um, the uh, here, let me see if I can quickly find. I'll uh, I'll just give you a little example of uh, infomercial music. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. 
let's see. Uh, and like you said, that's your bread and butter. That, that that's that's what pays the bills. Yeah, this is the wow, this, this is this is the stuff that. Um, let's see. This is the stuff that that we. Uh, so here's let's see. So. so Is that out now? You're working on that. Yeah. <laughs> There's all uh -huh. all different kinds of stuff. Uh huh. Uh huh. So so I, I assume that's that's been keeping you busy. I mean, during this period that we're living in right now. Yeah. Thank God. I've yeah. Be blessed. Um, uh, I just got got just got done doing two new shows. Generally, we'll do two a year two new mm -hmm. shows here generally mm -hmm. and my my writing partner by the way is jamie hosmer you know jamie oh jamie the, oh my gosh mm -hmm. another great writer great mm -hmm. singer great player and we've been partners in this infomercial business for i don't know 15 years nice and nice. so it, it's pretty hair raising i mean it'll take us you know like uh we'll work on this stuff for like three months and mm -hmm. i mean you know it, it's tough you know you know what it's like eddie i, I mm -hmm. i'll, I'll get, wake up and i'll go like I have to come up with uh, eight minutes of music today, and, and I don't have. A in I was going to say, and there's nothing there. <laughs> nothing, mm -hmm. nothing, and so it's like I, you know, I, I sit down and I'm praying for the muses to visit mm -hmm. me, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. uh, and and sure enough, it happens, but it it can be tough. And then, you know, the infomercials that we do, the 30 minutes long, what's called long form, 30 mm -hmm. minutes. So. To get 30 minutes of music wall-to-wall -wall approved, we have to write uh, 90 minutes of music. Mm, mm. So imagine having to write however many songs 90 minutes of music is, you know, that are that are 30 seconds, one minute, whatever. So we we write a lot, a lot of music, you know. 30 seconds for 90 minutes. Yeah, man, and and some of them are longer. Some of the pieces, you know, are but at least at least thirty. Yeah, but at least thirty, and so, um, you know, it. And then we're we're writing, we're we're performing, um, we're mixing, and we're mastering. We're we're delivering finished product, you know, mm -hmm. right away, and mm. it's with a deadline. Always with, you know, these people. They think we just pull this stuff out of a hat. Right, right. And you've been doing this for how long? Been doing infomercials for about. 15 to 20 years as well. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And is it, and that, it, I think you did say that that's another thing that, that, that came to you. It, you, you yeah. That just came to me from a relationship that I, that I, I met a guy who was the head of marketing for Bosley medical, the hair restoration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at the time I, and I told him, so how do you guys do with the music? He goes, well, you know, we use needle drop like all the other companies <laughs> for those people that don't know needle drop is th there are libraries of music. And they pay to, to use this music in their in their commercials or their infomercials. Mm -hmm. And I told him, well, what if 
what if I helped you set up a publishing company for Bosley Medical and I wrote custom music for you guys? This way you would get paid for using for them using the music rather than you paying to use the music. Right. So I showed them. So I set up a thing with them where we'd split publishing. I'd keep the, the writer's royalties. And now they had flesh in the game. So they give me all what are called the media buys or I, in other words, I know when every commercial is shown and right. 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 And um, so now that company was earning money from their infomercials uh, from song royalties. Oh, <laughs> it out for needle drop what which kind of a yeah that's so, ingenious <laughs> oh, I, I was the first one to, to do that with the infomercial guys mm -hmm. but um but it's become a i mean you know it's pretty it's a, <laughs> wow wow yeah <laughs> started with wow, four Jerry. And so, started uh -huh. <laughs> so so with with that then um finally because again, this is like another one of those shows where I mean I can just go on and on and on. And and again, um, thank you for 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 doing this with me. F finally, what what advice would you have to offer like those up and coming musicians, um, and especially like a, a market such as Las Vegas, like those musicians that are here, you know, trying to break into the business or whatever. What advice would you offer them? You know, you know, breaking in. Right. Um, okay. So I tell I tell guys who are looking for a gig, mm -hmm. I tell them make it your job a job just like suit up and show up every day to make contacts mm. when we could go into lounges and there was you know stuff going on i would tell them every night go and make the rounds and introduce yourself if you have a a, a, a cd or you have a card that has a website or whatever some way to share links or your music meet people and continue to show up even if just to you know, because here's what happens when I need mm -hmm. to hire someone, I think about the people that I were just in my in mm -hmm. immediate circle over the mm -hmm. last 30 days or whatever. I can't remember the guy I met a year and a half ago. Ah, uh, good point. So mm -hmm. you can't disappear from the scene, man. You have to stay present. Um, use, you know, social media or whatever possible way you have of networking, of mm -hmm. just touching bases from time to time going, hey, you know, hope you're doing okay, checking in. You know, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the thing is to be present. And the mm -hmm. thing is also to build up uh, any anything that you can, like a demo reel, some way for people that they can actually get to see and hear what it is you do, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and don't give up, man. If you love music, if you love playing, you know, do it. Do it. Find other people who love doing it. Surround yourself with positive people. Mm. You know, mm. I mean, don't let the fire go out. No matter what that what it takes do not let the fire go out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it's sometimes it's easier said than done but but protect that that is mm. a gift from god mm. protect totally and it, it, just listening to you now like i said like i said at the outset i mean this this is jerry this is this is not fake this is totally real you talk about somebody who's got a passion for what he does as you can see there it is right there and as he said you know do not let the go don't let the fire go out and all these years, Jerry has not let the fire go out. No. <laughs> and it shows not only in his conversation here, it shows on stage, it shows in his life. I mean, this is this is Jerry Lopez. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if, if ever you do come to Las Vegas or when you come to Las Vegas, make Jerry Lopez and Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns, make that your first stop. 
believe me, you will not be disappointed. You will. Yeah, man. Yeah, we won't let them down. So mm-hmm. check it out. We've got um, our website is www.santafeband.com. Thank okay. You. Mm-hmm. And we've got um, a live stream show that we did last or a couple of Mondays ago. It's up and you can go on and see that. Mm-hmm. And we've got another one coming up on Monday night. Okay. Um, That's, is that November so- 9th? Yeah, November 9th. So right. you could go to santafeband.com slash live. Or or if you just go to our website, you'll see where it says live, right? And you can mm-hmm. click in and you can see our show. Uh, it's a pay-per-view show. It's $15 to see the show. Mm-hmm. And it's a we're using eight cameras. We've got a five-man crew. Jeez. Is, so, is, that, is that enough? <laughs> 15 guys, it was, yeah, I don't know. But, <laughs> But we're not making a lot of money, but we're paying we're making enough to pay the crew and, mm-hmm. and it keeps us from, you know, from atrophying, man. I'm mm-hmm. when we started rehearsing after not doing it for several months. Mm-hmm. Eddie, I was freaked out. I was like, man, wow. did I lose mm-hmm. my Joe? What's up? You know, mm-hmm. so now we're rehearsing twice a week and uh-huh. doing, you know, the thing. And uh, but 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 if I think everybody will enjoy the show, it's going to be really good. Absolutely, I I I, I guarantee you'll you'll enjoy the show. Uh, real real quick, how are the, how are the rehearsals going? I mean, is it is it, you know, are they, are they going good? I mean, yeah, they and- yeah, they're going good, and we you know we we've figured out a way uh, because we use the entire nightclub how to socially distance. Okay, we're using plexiglass. If you go to any of the shows, you'll see how we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're using in ears, and and so so we're all connected that way. It's mm-hmm. actually been kind of a it's weird to put out that much energy and we're used to getting an applause or a response, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Weird. Right. right. But the other side of that is that uh, it's made us really bear down on the parts and the music part. It's like doing a morning session. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So we're really paying attention more to our, each other than the audience and the energy of all of that. Mm-hmm. But the rehearsals are going good. You know, we're good we're adding new material every time we do a show we're adding a new original in fact the one i just played for you we're going to do that for the very first time on monday night it's called wow. bad Blue. wow yeah. listen to that every time every time we do rehearsal we bring something new listen did you hear that <laughs> every time we do a rehearsal we bring something new what yeah. a concept <laughs> yeah and so you know so we'll send out the mp3 and the chart to everybody mm-hmm. prior I'll schedule uh, like for a song like this, it's got a lot of background vocals, Bill Champlin's, you know, like crazy about all that stuff. So we'll schedule an hour before the rehearsal, just a vocal rehearsal, mm-hmm. even though I've sent everybody their isolated part, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so we'll do a vocal rehearsal, then we'll do rhythms section rehearsal, we'll add the horns, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a whole thing, man, but you know, mm-hmm. that's done if you're gonna do it right. There you go, there you go. Well, Jerry, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for taking the thank time you. to do this. I really, agree. really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Again, Jerry Lopez, Jerry Lopez. If ever you come to Las Vegas, look him up, look up Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns. And again, Jerry, thank you for being on the playground with me where the players play. And thank you for playing too. Really appreciate right. that. Thank All you, right. bud. All right. I'll- Bye. All right. Thank you. Take care.